Welcome everyone, episode 10 of Making Waves. We're at the end of match day two, partly into match day three now already. And Laz, I've just come back from Germany against Colombia. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm going to go early. I don't think there will be a better moment at this World Cup than what I saw tonight. Hello to all the listeners, first and foremost. Yes, hello everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy game that was. But I will contend with you, Nathan, that Brazil-France, the whole atmosphere of that game was rivals Colombia-Germany or Germany-Colombia. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. We're at the end of match day two and match day one was great Yep, to get everything underway. But mm-hmm. second round of games, the heat has really been turned up on this tournament. And oh, on the good side and the bad side, depending on where your uh, partisanship lies, of course. Sure, but of course. with France-Brazil and Germany-Colombia, it has gone to another level, this tournament. And that... <laughs> we've seen some wonderful football and we've seen some wonderful scenes in the stands as well. You're not wrong. I didn't think we'd see a better game than Brazil-France mm. last night, like before the fight, you know, before the knockout phase, right? as far as quality was concerned and drama, but what we just witnessed tonight was just, oh, I'm lost for words, <laughs> which doesn't help with the <laughs> podcast, right? But it's, no. it was just insane. It was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And uh, that's why I was looking for a ticket to get there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because, you and about 20,000 other Colombians. <laughs> oh, sensational, absolutely sensational. And is that the upset of the tournament so far, it given the circumstances? Be, I think. And you'll go... Some way back to find an upset at a Women's World Cup, I think. Bigger than that one. 20 games undefeated in group games. Germany were going into tonight. Incredible record at a World Cup. And just, you know, runners up at the Euro. But, you know, this was the group of uh, second you know second place in all their continents, right? So, you know, you had Korea being uh, runners up in, uh, in AFC, Morocco being, um, you know, runners up in the African... Com, uh, Confederation and Colombia being second place in Commonwealth and my lord they turned it on tonight what a game that was what a game absolutely Caicedo can we just talk about Linda Caicedo oh can we can we can we what a goal that was yeah goal I would say that's I was going to go off early and say goal of the tournament but it's up I mean it is up there it's got to be in the top three yeah yeah just an amazing goal and she's absolutely binsed it Right in the top corner. She had no right to put it there. <laughs> and not and the just... way that she actually did beat the... I mean, it was an amazing piece of skill to to beat the defenders that she did in that area mm. of the box yep. and, and just nailed it. And what a finish, what a finish. And wow, wow. There's going to be a lot of little girls and, and boys wanting to be like Linda Caicedo as a result of yeah, that. Yeah, and it's amazing that she was on the pitch because there was talk that she had collapsed at training. That's right. Coming into the game, and she had a moment in the second half as well where mm-hmm. she just looked exhausted and she collapsed again. Hopefully she gets to – well, she can't really get a chance to put her feet up because Columbia are playing again so soon. Yeah, but they're it's through, just Nathan. Barring a uh, a massive defeat, oh, no, a massive goal difference swing in the final, final match, though, they are through. They're through, right. You know, they're in pole position for that group. You, you know, you've got um, – it's unlikely that Korea will – pose any difficulty to Germany, right? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, look. Okay, Morocco I, think, I might off. be wrong, but I think Morocco have to win 4-0. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I don't know if Morocco can pull off that um, that miracle. I don't know if Morocco can win, let alone by such a big margin. Well, well they did win earlier today. They did, uh, they which won. we'll come on to in a moment. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, 
Colombia are a class above Korea, I think, as yes. we've seen from the first two match days. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, should we go in order from where yeah, we last let's recorded? I mean, we've talked mm. about Germany, Colombia. I mean, look, I'm happy to talk about it again because that was just phenomenal. Yeah. It was just phenomenal. Yeah. And to see Germany not have any answers in the first half at all, they were very frustrated. And then come out in the second half and Colombia just grew in stature mm. as the game and- went. It, worthy of a, you know, of a knockout phase game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the way this is shaping up, and we're going to see some mouth-watering clashes in the round of 16, but this was a late-stage game come early, and Germany were wasteful. Alexandra Pop, on another day, could have had a hat-trick again, but yeah. it just yeah. was not her night. Yes, she scored from the spot. As a side note, I wouldn't call that a great penalty, despite it going in the back of the net. No, that's true. But she really had an off night. Yes, she did. Real, really uh, simple chances that just blazed over the bar. There was one later on in the first half that she should have been doing a whole lot better with. And look, I think it's still decent signs for Germany. Yes, they'll need to regroup and recover, and they should be able to get past Korea, no problem. But the way this is shaping up now for this group, it's looking like France against Germany in Adelaide in the round of 16. But if you're in Adelaide, get there. If you're in Adelaide, get good there. Good luck. <laughs> and good luck getting a ticket. <laughs> oh, oh, you know. Yeah, that will be the clash of the round of 16, I think. Mm. Because, oh, my Lord, that's going to be mouth-watering, that game. Absolutely. But uh, we'll save that chat for another day, I think, Laz, because we've had so much football over the last three days of which, uh, since we last recorded. Yeah, we'll, and... s- we'll save that for a, a, you know round of 16 uh, talk at the end of yes. day three. <laughs> <laughs> which is not that far away. <laughs> it isn't, it isn't. So since we last recorded, Nathan, we uh, had... Argentina versus South Africa on Friday morning just gone, which was an entertaining game in itself. And mm. there was an absolute banger of a goal scored. But there was. My heart does break for South Africa a little bit. <laughs> banana, but, banana, yes. Yeah, but yeah, an amazing game that was. It was. 2-0 down to 2-2. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Uh, in Dunedin as well. So Dunedin has a way of uh, throwing several, you know, funny results. England versus Denmark at the Sydney Football Stadium, which we both attended, which was... I want to get your thoughts on it, Nathan. You and I did meet post-match and had a chat, but I actually, in retrospect, I actually think Denmark really acquitted themselves very well and were better than what I thought they would be, especially in the second half. England were fantastic in the first half, and Lauren James, great goal again. You know, absolute yeah. banger of a goal. There's been a bit of a trend for that the last couple of days. Some yeah. absolute worldies being scored. And you kind of right. I think England, for the first 30 to 40 minutes, were pretty good. Yeah, not just Lauren James, but a whole host of other players as well. Agree. I think some of the score changes did work for England. Like, um, yeah, bringing Rash Day at left back yeah. was quite good, quite effective. Uh, Georges Stanway had a great game again in the center of the park. Complete, completely different from the first game. Um, I think overall, I'm still in a spot where I think the jury's out on England. I agree. As I sit, yeah, I agree with you. Thankfully, Kira Walsh's injury is not as bad as first feared. Yeah. The it initial that uh, reaction was that she'd be out for the rest of the tournament and some time after. She even said at the time, I, I've done my knee. But it thankfully, it, and it's, as a side note, it's, it's amazing the, the recurrence of these sorts of massive ACL injuries that the England FA had to put out a statement saying it's not an ACL injury, <laughs> which is yeah, just, it seems, it, it it's, seems, it's unfortunate. Yeah, sorry, Nathan. It seems to be a common trend. Unfortunately, though, it seems to be more prevalent like ratios in women as compared to the men of it, like with regard to ACLs. Mm. So that does definitely need to be looked at. And I know that there is um, some research being conducted at the moment with regard to that. 
So it'll be interesting to see what FIFA Medical have to say about that. So, yeah. Um, but even still, um, mm. getting back to the game, Denmark were unlucky not to come over the point. Yes, they hit the post. Obviously, that could have gone either way. But just generally, as you said before, they grew into the second half. And yes, I think the first half sort of, they let it go a bit. Maybe mm. that was England's doing more than Denmark's. But mm. it'll be a game where they look back and think, gee, we really should have got something there. Yeah, look, I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't think anybody would have begrudged Denmark getting something out of that game. No, no doubt. Later on that uh, evening on Friday evening, just past about China versus Haiti in Adelaide and China winning 1-0. Drama filled. Yeah. The back end of that game. <laughs> Wasn't it what? <laughs> Wasn't it what? So many penalty shouts and VAR involvements. Uh, all sorts going on there in Adelaide. Mm. But a good win for China. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, down to 10 and pulling out three points. Uh, vital for them. Keeps them alive mm. in the group. And unfortunately, sends Haiti home. Yes. But uh, they're in with a sniff, China. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we go to groups, uh, Group G, I should say, and we had um, Sweden versus Italy. What did you make of that? Sweden 5, Italy 0. That's up there with the performances of the tournament. I agree with Pati- you. Particularly that uh, second quarter of the game mm-hmm. <laughs> where Sweden just blew them away. Crazy seven minutes. Yeah. And really, that goal difference will hurt Italy for match day three. Oh, I think Italy effectively done now. You can't come back from that. I mean, and qualify into the round of 16. It's unlikely because of the goal difference issue. Mm. You know, it, it, it that, and the nature of that loss would have hurt because Italy started off like a house on fire. It took a little while for Sweden to get the, to go through their gears, but once they did, and, uh, you know, and it's really unusual because the Italians traditionally, both in male and female, are known for their defending qualities. But they got caught out at set pieces, which is really un-Italian like. And that's what hurt. Yeah. Them. And that's what hurt. And that's where Sweden was able to put the sword through them. And we saw, I think, the real Sweden in this game. Match day one, where they got away with the three points against South Africa. I think you can put down to conditions. Yeah. As a yeah. major factor as to yeah. what we saw on the pitch on that day. This was Sweden at their full strength and what we expected coming into the tournament. I suspect that Sweden would have no problems getting past Argentina on match day three. Yeah, I think Argentina are deflated. So, uh, yeah, Sweden looking good for the knockouts, Laz. We're going to skip the next one and talk about Panama, Jamaica, because I think we'll want to spend a little bit more time on France, Brazil. Oh, fair enough. I'm glad you, I'm glad you <laughs> cut it. <in there. laughs> uh, I agree with yes. you. I agree with you. Let's, let's talk about it. Over in Perth, a 1-0 win for the Reggae Girls, their first win at a World Cup. Big win. Big win, given the context of this group now. Yes, it is. It's They've got more win. than a sniff of going through. They have more than a sniff. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Imagine if Jamaica knock over Brazil. They don't have to. A point no, will do. I, that's right. But yeah. like, but, but effectively yeah. knock them out of the group, right? Yeah. <laughs> After the Brazil that we saw on match day one, completely destroy Panama. Wow. And play some of the best, quote unquote, Brazilian football you would ever hope to see, they could be done. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Look, Jamaica, um, and, and you get Bunny Shaw back as well now. Yeah. So they're even bolstered now, and it, it's kind of worked out as a blessing for them. Mm. You know, incredible, incredible, incredible position. This is an incredible World Cup as it, as it's uh, folding out. It really is. Did you want to do Brazil-France now? Or did you want Let's to do it. Cover, or did you want to cover <laughs> the rest of, like, you know, South Korea and Morocco quickly. Yeah, there actually, isn't much to be said yes. about that, aside yes. from congratulations okay. to Morocco. Very much so. Hats off. Mm. Great goal. Great header. Fantastic goal. Mm. South and Korea left with a lot of ruin to do because they were wasteful. 
Very much so. Very much so. Um, I caught most of the game before heading out to uh, Tumbalong this afternoon to catch mm. the five o'clock games. But really, this Korean side are a massive disappointment. Mm. It has to be said now. Yeah, They were well and truly second best on match day one. And match day two, yeah, they're wasteful. Morocco had large periods of the game where they were the better team. Nathan, the crazy thing is South Korea can still qualify with Germany having oh, gone down. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's, 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 an it's outside unlikely. Chance, yes. It is yes. unlikely. It sounds like a nonsense. But the fact is that they can. You know, or there, mm. a, there is a very minimal chance of it happening, but it's possible. And they don't deserve to, though, based on what the evidence of the last two games. But we'll get on to another case of that very, very soon, which completely turned around things. Let's talk France and Brazil a little bit yes. further, shall we? Yes, I think. Where do you want to go with this? Because that, that, that was the game. We can talk about the game. We can talk about the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> that was the game of the tournament up until, you know, an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> And it, absolutely fantastic. I've never seen such an atmosphere at Brisbane Stadium, Lang Park, Suncorp Stadium. I don't think all the Queenslanders would have seen an atmosphere like that, even <laughs> through the state of origins. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely fantastic what we saw last it's a, night. It's a watershed moment, mm. I think, for football. I mean, I'm not being, you know, um, hyperbolic when I'm saying that. I don't think that's hyperbole at all. That was, you show people that game, you show Australian children that game, and say, listen, this is the like this is football, and this is the atmosphere of you know that it's generated because of it. It's an advert, it's an advertisement for football, and it's something that you know football Australia needs to kind of capitalise on in a way, and saying, listen, this is the kind of atmosphere that can be generated at games. I'm not saying that the A League women's will generate that, that that type of atmosphere, but why not? I mean, it, it's a, a celebration of football. That's what football should be. It was absolutely brilliant to see. And the quality of football on display and mm. the drama associated with it all. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely incredible. Harvey Renard getting uh, absolutely irate towards the end of the game there as well. Some uh, memorable moments on the sideline. Mm-hmm. To go in, <clears throat> go hand in hand with some incredible moments on the pitch. Mm. Wendy Renard's goal, uh, the Brazilian goal as well. Beautiful touch and finish. The Brazilian goal is great. Mm. Just oh, You said it. It's a celebration of football. It's absolutely everything we love about the game and... This is something we've been saying for weeks and weeks now, but mm. to have something like this on our shores, mm. it is sensational. It is sensational. And it doesn't matter, uh, yeah. men's World Cup, women's World Cup. This is unbelievable. It doesn't get any better than this. And now it's time to fire up because that game should have been on free to air last night. And yeah, should have and, been. And um, Channel 7 needs to have a look at them, at, you know, they need to have a look at themselves because what they should have done is gone through it and actually spoken to, to football people. And there are football people that work at Channel 7, and we know that, right? Like Adam Peacock, Mel McLaughlin, they're all football people. Ask them, which ones are the which games of the group phase should we be putting on free-to-air, because, which are non-Australia related? Because everybody would have flicked over to that last night. Yeah, Saturday so night. Yeah. Mm. And it's no coincidence that Optus Sports uh, figures from the first week of football this Women's World Cup, their subscriptions and their take-up has gone through the roof. Astronomical figures, right? So the demand for it is there, and it's an opportunity missed by Channel 7. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. I mean, we'd all love to see the games on free to wear, just like the late game tonight is in the same boat, really. Oh, Maybe that's a little bit of hindsight, but we all knew coming into France, Brazil, that that was going to be the game of the group stage across any group. And just to think, if that was on free to wear, then... The viewing, the viewing numbers would have been through the roof and flow-on effects from that is uh, immeasurable, but you just made a, You just made a great point, Nathan. Tonight's game 
should have been on free to air as well. And somebody should have had the foresight to say that because when you see a few days ago what happened in the foresight in with Colombia and Korea, you can't figure that out that, hey, this is going to be a ratings winner, honestly. But Logies are on. You're going to make me swear now. <laughs> I'll go up against the Logies. <laughs> Fuck the Logies. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> with apologies to our younger listeners, but yes. Anyhow. <laughs> And the parents of younger listeners. No, seriously, like Channel 7, somebody should have had the foresight and the government should actually realise that that would have been an advertisement for the tournament going down the line further. When you are, you know, when you're showing the final and you've got the rights to the final, the semi-final and, and all that, that just helps build the momentum for the for the tournament, you know. Absolutely sensational. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it would have been great to see it on free to wear, but alas... It isn't, and uh, unfortunately, it's uh, restricted to those who can afford the money to pay for up the sport or get out to Tumbalong Park and yep. or yep. even head down to a, a local, for instance. Correct. And as credit to up the sport. And credit to up the sport. Congratulations to them because the figures that they've pulled and, and you know, the take-up has just been astronomical, literally astronomical. There's a, a post on, on, on LinkedIn that I've seen, which is just mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing, and they're cock and so they should as be. they should be. Yeah. Because they've done an amazing job as well. The presentation of it has been second to none. It's been really good. Really good. Yeah. Hats off to Optusport. Mm. Not that they're a sponsor, even though we'd no. like them to be. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying that. This is a recurring thing. <laughs> but uh, yes, yes. It's an inside joke and, and, and that'll stay like that as well till yep. either they do become a sponsor or, you know, hey, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, Tumalong Park, you mentioned the fan festival. It was out there yesterday. And my lord, great little setup, great mm. little setup. And there were queues to get in. It did open uh, at three in the afternoon yesterday, but the queues were oh, long, <laughs> very long to get in. Right. So, yes. uh, and well, a massive well, queue for the uh, FIFA Museum as well. Yes. Uh, for any of the other stalls as well. Yeah. It's great to see so many people get out there. And I was there for the five o'clock games tonight. And what was it like? It would have been great because it was a cracking day in Sydney, mind you. As well, like oh, it was. <laughs> it was. 25 degrees in Sydney. Beautiful winter's day. Yeah. And everyone got out to tumble and it was packed. Yeah. Yeah. And there were so many people there supporting both teams. Mm. Sorry. There were so many people out there supporting the, all four teams. Wonderful. That were on show. And yeah, uh, some disappointed faces, of course. Yes. But, which uh, we'll get to. Uh, yeah. Which we'll get to. And mm. uh, that's part and parcel of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, we have to have a winner and a loser at times. But just on a general sense, it's amazing to see everyone get out and engage with this tournament. If I, I think the one thing holding it back is it should be slightly bigger, the setup there at Tumblr. Yeah, I agree. So on the little bit on the small side. It is a little bit on the small side. It is a little bit on the small side. Maybe they should have gone to Hyde Park instead of Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Or you go in the, the Tumblr Gardens, maybe. Yeah, or Centennial Park. Yeah. Maybe, you know. But yeah, I mean, there's no shortage of parks parks around Sydney. But um, yeah, you're right there. You're right. The saw the heartbeat of football down there as well. Caught up with Andy mm. Pascalides briefly, and they've had a lot of people going in and um, a lot of positive feedback with regards to their uh, their work. So uh, it was great to catch up with Andy uh, briefly. But yeah, um, you know, fill me in on on what um, you know what the demand's been like for them for their services out there, which has been fantastic. So credit to Andy and his team out there at um, Heartbeat of Football. But, um, Nathan, should we go to what happened today? Yes, we shall. Let's talk about 
the start of match day three. Match day three has kicked off. And we had two games, of course. Switzerland nil, New Zealand nil, Norway six, the Philippines nil. Let's do that one first because I think Norway are the Jekyll and Hyde of this tournament. Yeah. I mean, where did that come from? <laughs> where on earth did that performance come from? From both teams, to be fair. Okay. The Philippines were... I was going to say, uh, we're going to pull the curtain behind here, though. I did, let's just pull the curtain behind. You, you were about to talk about Philippines, but what was the text that you sent me? Not that we encourage betting or anything like that, <laughs> but you sent me a text earlier today, right? I did. And what was that, Nathan? Look, I'll, I'll give it the proper context. And as everyone knows who listens in, I did pick the Philippines to get out of the group. Yes. And uh, my theory is when doing this anyway, that if you're going to make bold predictions on here, put your money where, the, where your mouth is, because if it comes <laughs> off, then uh, you'd be kicking yourself. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so uh, I went down to, to uh, Tumbalong, uh, hopeful yes. of the Philippines uh, pulling off the miracle. Yep. The Philippines, with hindsight, needed to beat Norway to get out of the group, which perhaps was always going to be a bridge too far. A point might have been their ceiling. But yep. I... Uh, as you probably should do, if you're going to have a punt, and we, we do say gamble responsibly, you should, if you sort of locked yourself into one outcome and you're getting a decent payday, you should hedge your bet a little bit. Yes. Let's see, let's see uh, what you can do about it anyway. So I had a look, and uh, Norway were of a very short price to not only uh, have a double chance, but just win outright. <laughs> and they were less than a dollar ten to win today. And I sent you a message and say, hmm, is this too short or am I projecting? <laughs> And yeah. yes, uh, never doubt the bookies. Well, no, you can doubt them, <laughs> but uh, they were right on this occasion, weren't they? Mm. <laughs> they knew they appeared to know something that we didn't. Yeah. Well, or that you didn't. <laughs> yes, that's more like it. <laughs> but yeah, where but, did uh, that just come quietly, from? I did. Um, I did get one over on the bookies for the uh, late game tonight. So good, uh, good to hear. Good to hear. Mm. Good to hear because you're the gambler of the two of us there. So there you go. I don't mind a flutter. No, that's fine. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all. But um, yeah, it was, they are, Norway are the Jekyll and Hyde of this tournament. They've arrived at, and how? Look, I still think they go out to Spain or Japan, whoever it is. I agree. I agree with you. But I still think they've only got one more game at this tournament. Do you think they just had that cathartic thing because they've been talking in the press and, you know, they've just gotten everything off their chest and now it's just like, let's just go and just play and not worry about the result and what will be, will be. I mean, if they pulled out something decent against the other two teams in the group, then maybe. But the Philippines today were completely unlike what we saw from the the first two games. Agree. Maybe that is Norway. But some of the defending on show, it's not something that I've seen from the first two matches. And look, I will say the VAR red card that they got was a joke. Never a red. Yeah, I I think you're Never a red card. And that goes hand in hand with the uh, penalty they conceded against Switzerland. Oh. Was very soft. Yeah, yeah, it so, was soft, but look. Look, I, I can maybe uh, suggest some sour grapes to be had if uh, someone wants to go down that route, but look, yep. they were well and truly second best today. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. Mm. But they did their damage to the host nation. and the host that na- they did. And the host nation, one of the co-host nation, I should say, New Zealand uh, will be left ruining what could have been because really mm-hmm. not, um, Philippines was a missed opportunity had they won that and they deserved to win it. You know, they you know would have been sitting in in the round of sixteen right now, and again they took the game to Switzerland, much the same way that they did against Norway tonight, I think. And but but with no effect up front. And the most disappointing thing about that is there was no real change of system in the last twenty minutes to try and affect the result. 
At what point am I going to you... am I going to uh, cut and paste this for tomorrow? You could. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hope not. But um, oh, at what point do they turn around and go, "Listen, we need to put two up front here, or we need to actually mm. do something, or throw three at the back"? You, if you don't score, you're going out because Norway have completely destroyed Philippines. I mean, it's on the scoreboard, right? So. You are, your only option left is to win. The Swiss knew exactly what they needed to do. They always had the upper hand, right? So you had scoreboard pressure and you had the pressure of knowing what was going on in the other game. Yet it was still in New Zealand's hands to actually try and affect the result. It wasn't as if they were relying upon the result of the other game to go through, right? All they had to do was win and they didn't do enough to win. And it's very, very sad. Laz, I'm going to get me uh, a thinking cap on here and sort of surmise what happened. I, I don't have any facts about this, but I have a theory. Mm-hmm. For mine, from about 20 minutes onwards, New Zealand were, to be harsh, toothless in attack. Yeah, I think the first period of the game, they were really good. Yes, yeah, they were. They could have got, they, they got themselves on the score sheet, but after that, they really did seem to fall away massively. And it was only until, I don't know, when the keeper started going up. Yeah. There Which was is, some, sign, some sign of desperation. You shouldn't have to rely on that, though. And you no, should be no, you actually shouldn't. saying, hey, listen, we're going to go out back. We're going to go out here. I need to do something. I need to actually affect the change and go, you know what? Mm. We've got a risk. We've got so, you, At that point, you need to have a risk and you need to go, right, 20 minutes to go, even 15 minutes to go, right? Do the changes that you need to your system, not necessarily substitutions, but to your, to your structure to try and affect that change and affect the result because it became a thing of defenders and attackers, right? You know what? Maybe just have fewer defenders, push a couple of bodies into midfield, and then have your attackers. Just so that there's a connection. So when the ball second ball comes out, you can actually send it back in again. If you're trying to, you know, if you're going to go the route one direction. Yeah, absolutely. But to to my theory, I think looking at the timing for the Norwegian goals. Yep. The second one went in in about the seventeenth minute. Correct. Allow a couple minutes for a relay. Yep. Twenty minutes was the point where New Zealand had to score to go through. The players didn't know that, I don't think, at that time. Though, but, uh, That's I, my I theory. Th- I don't think That's that That's my theory. Be- yeah, yeah, yeah. message could have come from the bench or something, but as soon as the pressure was applied, that New Zealand had to do something to get out of this group rather than just sit with the draw, yeah. maybe the pressure got to them. It do was you- the change in the game state, change in the nature of the group, yeah. where the standings were. Yeah. Like It seems pretty coincidental to me that Norway go 2-0 up, the 2-0 that they need to go through yep. if the New Zealand game ends in a draw. Correct. And as soon as I go 2-0 up, New Zealand stop being super penetrative. Maybe it was communicated. It's just a theory. It's just a guess. I, I know yeah, we'll no information know. Yeah. on it. No, but um, look. It seems too big of a coincidence for me. Nathan, you could be right. And look, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to have a dig around and, and you know, see if there's been anything uh, that's come out on, on the press conferences or anything like that on social media. But look, you know, it's plausible. It's plausible. But they've only got themselves to blame. Absolutely. They should have yeah. beat the Philippines. They should have beat the Philippines. They should have at least got something from the Philippines. Yep, yep. No, I agree. You know, uh, they were the favourites going into that game and they were found wanting for a momentary lapse. You know, defensively, they were pretty solid today, I thought. Yeah. New Zealand, but yeah, it's just an absolute shame. Absolute it's shame. It's a shame. And I would say, after beating Norway on match day one, going out in the group is a disaster. It's an opportunity lost for New Zealand football. Yeah, well and truly. Hopefully that does not happen this side of the Tasman tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully. You don't seem too convinced. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Laz. Match one, match two hasn't 
given me a lot of optimism from what I've seen on the pitch. Three points on the board, sure. Yep. But the general state of play, mm. I yep. don't think there's enough from the first two games that gives me a lot of hope in terms of if it's the same game plan, if it's the same tactics, if it's the same way of going about how Australia will play. Yep. I don't think we can beat Canada based on what we've seen from the first two games. Now, that's not to say that something can change, notably a very famous striker. But but we do further, have Mary Fowler coming back in as well. Mary Fowler as well, yes. It's more than just one Sam Kerr. But Agreed. I think there's a lot of room for growth in the Matildas. I don't know if we're going to see enough in the team to get them over the line. Hopefully they do, of course. I'm not calling for the downfall by any means. But I am um, a bit concerned, shall we say. But yes, I understand that's a little bit pessimistic. And I'm sure, Laz, you've got a little bit more optimism, shall we say, on your side of things. But look, I love nothing more than the Matildas win 3-0 tomorrow night. I'll take the 1-0, right? I'll be happy with the 1-0, honestly, right? (laughs) Mm. Yeah, perhaps I am a bit more optimistic. However, not because of Tony G, to be honest, right? More so, it's on the players to actually, and their awareness of the situation, and the fact that, you know, it is a home tournament, and they realise that the eyes of the nation are on them. And it's not to put pressure on them, but they're aware of the gravity of what's at stake tomorrow. Right. And as professional players, they will want to do their best to, you know, to give a good account of themselves and ensure that the Matildas give themselves every chance to qualify tomorrow. Right. Now, the fact is the knockout round, the knockout stage has come one game early. And there was always going to be a risk of this happening, right? Given the nature of the group that, you know, was drawn. So if you have to knock out the Olympic gold medalists to progress to the next phase, well, so be it. Now, has Australia had some bad luck with injuries and concussions and things like that? Sure. Doesn't excuse the way that we've played as far as in the final third, if I, you know, if you can call it that, or the final quarter. The 18-yard box, the opposition's 18-yard box, right? That's where it's been poor. That's where it needs to improve. There needs to be better, you know, more variety. There needs to be more variety with the dead ball situations. We need to control midfield and we need to shore up the back. And I think you're going to see the back shored up with regards to the desperation and the urgency. They're not going to, I don't think there'll be a sense of complacency tomorrow, which seemed to come across in the Nigeria game and the Ireland game, right? Because they know that they're, or they believe that they're good enough to have taken, you know, those, um, those opponents, but it ended up biting them on the backside, especially against Nigeria because of the defensive lapses. So, yes, be confident in your abilities, but don't be complacent or don't show a lack of urgency or, you know, or a lack of desperation because, as we said in the previous recording, Nigeria, they went and took advantage of every opportunity that was presented to them. We didn't. Australia did not do that, and Australia needs to do that, right? Because, and it might work out in Australia's favour with Canada probably, you know, dominating possession, mm, right? Yeah. Which means that there's going to be a battle in the midfield. Australia needs to win their individual battles in order for the team to to progress. Yeah, absolutely. And I expect the same, that Canada will have more, more of the ball and perhaps there'll be more space in behind for Courtney Vine and Hayley Brazo if it is them to get into. And we've seen, I would say, in the France game, the way the goal came about was with space in behind. It's so much easier when you have, of course, acres of space to look at and there's not a low block in front of you to create a chance and a goal. Sure. It's much easier. And I think it's much more suited to this team and the way that we play at the moment. Yep. Of course, I'd love nothing more than for Australia to come out and have 70% of the ball, create chance after chance, 
and just play football and dominate teams and win comfortably and every, everything's uh, hunky-dory. That's not how we play. I don't think we ever get to a point where we play like that. But we have to play to our strengths. Our strength is pacing behind. Mm. I think what Kat Gorin needs to have a fantastic game. She needs a fantastic game tomorrow night. Their, um, her passing range needs to be uh, at a good level. Yep. More from what we saw from Nigeria than what we saw against Ireland. Yep. Uh, I think the midfield, you're right. That's the real question. This is a great team, Canada. And hopefully things like the pressure of the game, the fact that we need to win, I think works in our favour. Mm-hmm. I would rather go into a game needing to win rather than the question mark of a draw would be good enough. Mm. Sure, some would say, keep your options open, a draw's okay, but... No, it's not. It's not. It's a straight-out knockout. That's it. No, no, no. The point is a draw's okay for Canada. Sure, for them, yeah. So I would rather be in Australia's position than Canada's. Because not, we know what we have to do. We have to win the game. You know, Canada, what? 75 minutes, 1-1, for instance. Eh, do, you, what, do you sit? Sure. Do you still try and play football? It can get a little bit indecisive. I'd rather yeah. be in our shoes. Yeah, okay. Knowing exactly what we have to do. That's the point I was making. Uh-uh. And, yep. and essentially, yes, whether we see Sam Kerr for 30 minutes, whether it be a half, whether she starts the game or not, play to her strengths, play to our strengths, we can win this game. Canada is not an unbeatable opponent. We've seen that at this tournament already. This is a game that Matildas can win. We're down in Melbourne in front of a packed house. Yes, it won't be noisy as, say, France, Brazil or Germany, Colombia tonight. But it'll be but noisy. It will be noisy. The atmosphere will be great. And hopefully that can get us over the line. We shouldn't have to rely on the home crowd to get us over the line. And I've noticed that Tony G tends to infer that, right? Yes, it's great. It's an advantage. However, what needs to happen is we need to have better execution and awareness and confidence in actually being able to vary, you know, to mix it up. You know what I mean? You, you mentioned the space in behind. It's what do we do with it, with it when we get into that space? That's the most critical thing. And that's what it has been lacking. Right? Yes, okay, both Ireland and Nigeria times were playing those blocks that you were saying, right? And Canada are probably less inclined to do so. However, it's still no excuse for not able to being able to recognize the situation in game and change your approach which is what needs to be done, you know. Uh, it's in the Matilda's hands, though, which is the beauty of the situation. I take your point about uh, you being rather, you know, you would rather be in the Matilda's situation than Canada. Again, it depends on your inclination. If you need, if you're good enough to be able to hold on for not hold on, but to actually be able to dictate terms and not push yourself and know a draw is good enough and you've got that pressure and it's 75 minutes in, and you're still at a draw, and your opponent is coming at you, and all you have to do is just batten down the hatches. If you're you're good enough to batten down the hatches, well, and see it through, you weather the storm. So it's a double-edged sword, that one, I think. But look, at the end of the day, ultimately, it's about when you have two teams that are on a similar level skill-wise, it comes down to the difference in strategy, application, execution, and attitude. If the attitude is one of desperation and urgency in, in everything we do, you're set and you're getting momentum and you're trying to, you know, ensure that, you know, the game is played on your terms and you know the result, you're fully aware of the result that you need to chase or that you're trying to obtain, well, then whoever executes better and is strategically smarter will will progress. I mean, football has a funny way of things, of working out things, but generally that's by and large how it tends to play out. So hopefully the Matildas are, you know, uh, are adept to applying themselves better than what the Canadians are or will do. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Let's In hope the they get game. it done. In the other game, Nigeria. Island Nigeria, hold, yes. Hold all the cards at, effectively at this point. They do, yeah. And look, I don't think this game is straightforward for Nigeria. 
I was just about to say that. And Ireland, they've been resolute against the Matildas and against Canada. They've shown how good they are at the back and they can frustrate. But also, this is a game that Nigeria will have a lot of the ball. Something that they're not familiar with so far at this tournament, specifically. I can easily see that one going down as a nil-nil. Or an Ireland win. Not easily, but I can see that potentially happening from a dead ball or something like that. Yep, yep. I think a very frustrating draw for the Super Falcons is something that is very much on the cards. Yeah. And look, maybe, maybe. I think because we're both going to the round of 16 game at Stadium Australia, we'd love for a, yes. a win for the Matildas and a not win for the Nigerians. Correct. That's what the ideal scenario would be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the ideal scenario. But And also avoiding England, mm. potentially, mm. Yeah, as, no, as, a, as an actual benefit for the rest of the country. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. Um, yep. But yes, this is not a straightforward game for Nigeria. It, if they manage to win this group, it's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. If you look at it through that lens, mm-hmm. yep, an amazing story and prospect for them. Hey, but uh, here with our uh, partisanship, let's hope they slip up. Yeah, and we should mention that both games kick off at uh, eight PM Australian Eastern Standard Time. But before that, five PM mm. tomorrow. Hey, we could have a new game of the group stage, lads. <laughs> and what's that? <laughs> uh, Japan against Spain. Look, we thought the game of the group stage was Brazil against France. Yep, this could perhaps be. Un- un- until tonight. Mm. And then tonight could be the game of the group stage until tomorrow. <laughs> I contend that from an atmosphere perspective, that mm, yeah. it won't be. But from a technical perspective, skill perspective, geez, this mm. could be a really, really enticing affair. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because uh, that that is just going to be an incredible, incredible game. And Look, you're right, Nathan, you've said it before, that you don't see any particular advantage should either, you know, in whichever order either team finishes in, right? But. But. Go on. There's a big but there. Okay, let's go. I think the winner of this game, or uh, if it's a draw, Spain, Yep. whoever comes out on top of this group is going to the semifinal, barring a big shock down the road. And to face the USA, potentially. Yep. I think avoiding the US until the semifinal is a big carrot. I think that is a big carrot, and I think you're right. I think whoever gets, whoever is the winner of this group, Group C, will go deep. I mean, I had Spain going into the final. Yeah. So that's how I that's how I think it'll play out. And you probably will still think that even if they finish second in the group. Yeah, because based if on you what had them I've beating seen. the US in the semi, mm. why wouldn't you also pick them for the quarter? On the other side, yeah, sure. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you there. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, this is going to be a fascinating game tomorrow. It'll be really good. Who do you think gets up? I think Spain. I think Spain just. I think so too. Just. It is just. I think there's a lot more in the tank. Yes. I think Japan have had two fantastic games, but they have laid all their cards out on the table. I don't think they've laid them all out, but. More I think, of them. You, I think, go with that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think they've more of them as compared to Spain. I think Spain have more than one ace up the sleeve. Yes, I think Spain have not come out of first gear, whilst um, Japan have probably hit third gear or you know or fourth, if I can put it that way. Yeah, uh, this is a fascinating. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Mm-hmm. And we should also uh, make a mention of Costa Rica, Zambia. Yeah, it's really inconsequential, but yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be disparaging. Both times of course, home, of course. But they are look, going home. But there's three points on the table here. There is. That's right. You know, a momentous three points in prospect. Yeah, and you know, it could be a draw. The debutants could go home with uh, with a point each. 
everybody wins or everybody that's loses. That's right. That's right. <laughs> correct. Correct. And uh, for everyone's benefit, we will be back recording m- late Monday night after the Matildas game. So uh, we'll have Fingers a drop. We are yeah. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That's right. So we'll have <laughs> an episode. We'll have this episode drop Monday as you hear it and the post-Matildas episode drop on Tuesday overnight, uh, Monday night, Tuesday into Tuesday morning. So, And hopefully, fingers crossed, for our own benefit <laughs> and everyone else listening, <laughs> hopefully. But, you know, apologies to our, all our uh, Canadian friends. Um you know, we'd like to see them to us win, and hopefully they do. So good luck, Matildas. Nathan, absolute pleasure. You're still on a high. Nice from, speaking to you, Les. Still on a high from uh, earlier tonight, no doubt. Very much so, very much good so. You. Good on you. The, the noise and the pop in that stadium at yep. both Colombian goals. I thought it couldn't get any louder after Linda, Linda Caicedo's goal, that but it did for the winner. The winner. <laughs> Which is hey, a, a, it's a disgrace. If you're a ger- talk- from a German perspective, that header is a disgrace. Yeah, we didn't talk about it, and we should have. Um, Indeed. Yeah, and we'll <laughs> and talk now about it's now. Right, on right, and that's a good way to, to finish the episode. What were they doing? The free header at that point of the game. They had nine players in the box, lads. Yep, I know. And someone got a free header from outside the six-yard box. How it was free and how no one blocked it, I will it, never it's know. Beyond me. It, it's a bit, it reminded me of uh, when Renard's uh, goal yesterday as well, right? Fret the winner for France, but it wasn't so deep into the injury time. Mm. <laughs> okay. But similarly, how is she left unmarked at the back post, at the back peg? Hell. <laughs> Hell. Yeah. Hell. I mean, I, Wendy I, Renard had a great run, but was still a, should have been mo- tracked. Yeah. It was a great run. But t- tonight's was inexcusable. Yeah. Not not from where she you know, headed the ball. It was a great mm-hmm. header. Great header. Oh, yeah. Fantastic header. And the noise came through on the TV. My Lord. I can only imagine what it was like at the stadium. My ears are still ringing. Hopefully, Amy Park has that kind of uh, noise with uh, Matilda's win tomorrow. Yes, we shall hope. Okay. And we, we shall keep everything crossed. And we bid adieu and... to all our backpack listeners. And thank you for, very much for listening and interacting and your messages and everything else. Absolute pleasure. We shall speak to you tomorrow. Come on, the Matildas. Matilda's.